Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic. And today we're going to talk about generating lots of new ideas, unique ideas, getting outside the box with your ideas with an advertising veteran, Will Burns. Will, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about that and your new SaaS that helps with ideas. But before we get started, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best ways to market your, your business, your SaaS, your agency is through case stories. Video case stories are the way to do it. Video testimonials are not what you should be getting. You want to learn how to collect those video case stories, how to do it remotely, and find people that will craft those stories for you. Go to videocasestory.com. All right, Will Burns, uh, you know, we're going to talk today about how to generate a ton of ideas, how I think that like you've been t- testing out really good idea generation, how you've helped some companies come up with much better taglines, and also some interesting stories about Radio Shack, which I'm excited about. Uh, but before we get started, Will, tell me a little bit about your background, your advertising background. You've been doing it for a little bit of time. Yeah, so I've been in the advertising business for 30 plus years, I'm almost uh, sheepishly saying, Um, but at creative agencies around the country like Goodby Silverstein and Partners, Wyden and Kennedy, they do the most, the majority of the Nike work, um, Arnold and Mullen in Boston, and along the way, I I, I grew a real appreciation for creativity as a skill set, you know what I mean, like, and I started really studying it and trying to understand what can help us become more creative. And it was a great business to be in for that because you're surrounded by creative people um, constantly. And at one point, when I was at Arnold Worldwide, I was a director of business development and agency innovation. And in new business, as I'm sure you can imagine, you need ideas and you need them now. And uh, what I, and this is early, you know, maybe mid 2000s when crowdsourcing was just becoming a thing. And so I was like, what if I had created a crowdsourcing thing within Arnold where I could just post a request for an idea and then everybody else could jump in. And we did that. We got a lot of crap, to be honest, but we, we would get like two or three awesome gems every time we did that. And uh, we used it quite fre- frequently in pitches. And some of the ideas were actually pitch winning ideas. But at one point, it occurred to me, what if, you know, with all these creative agencies that I've worked at and all these incredible people that I know, what if I recruited them, that my favorite ones, put them in a pool and then had them work virtually in a team to come up with ideas for our clients? No execution, just ideas. And that's it. And that was the birth of Ideasicle back in 2010. And we sort of refined the model over the, the last 10 years, just through trial and error, we figured out four is the ideal number. I can get into why later if you're curious, um, but just how the whole thing would work, whether virtual creativity would work at all. It turns out it does. And we were reverse engineering a productivity platform that really wasn't designed for idea generation. It was just off the shelf stuff. And um, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And I always fantasize, what if I could build a SaaS platform that is designed exactly to my spec around this model of four people working together virtually to come up with ideas. And over the last two years, 
that's what what I've been doing is developing this platform. It just came out this summer. It's it's brand new, and it works great. I've used it a, a bunch of times myself with uh, individual clients, and uh, that brings us, I think, to about five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think this is a big idea, like big idea around idea generation, because, you know, I think there's a lot of people that probably just have one person making the idea up for any given client, isn't there? Yeah, it's true. In advertising, it's typically two. It's a writer and an art director who team up. But and that's good. That's better than one. But what I found is if you have four, you have four completely different perspectives colliding on the assignment because they're not competing against each other. They're actually working on the same team. So when one person posts an idea, another person sees that idea and could be inspired to come up with an even better idea, or they're invited to go in and build on the, the original idea that was posted to make it even better. And so that's like the real magic of this thing is the back and forth that happens. I'll tell you a funny story. This uh, In one assignment, this guy, um, he shouldn't have done this. He should have he should have posted this in an email or something, but he, he posted an idea that said, I've got a dentist appointment this afternoon. I'm not going to be able to hit this till tonight. And that's all it said. <laughs> the rest of the team picked up on that. And the, I think it was something about uh, magazines in a dentist office or something like that, but, but turned it into an idea that we ended up presenting to a client because it was just, you know, that's what happens. Any kind of notion, any kind of thought, that gets posted can inspire the others. And so when you have four people chomping on it at the same time, it is exponential what comes out. I love it. That's really, really cool. Um, and you mentioned the, the magic of the four. Tell me about that. I'm, I'm, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, so um, in the beginning, this is going back to 2010, I would throw everybody on an assignment and I wouldn't be able to pay them very much, which was part of the problem. But what would happen is they would clam up. You know, these are, are pretty famous creative people. They all, at least within the advertising world, and they all kind of knew each other. And so they would wait to post an idea until it was perfect and they were proud of it. And it was a gem, you know what I mean? Because they're trying to posture and they're trying to impress the rest of the team. And so I started knocking it down because I, I, my theory was if I could get them engaging with each other more, then who knows what might happen. And so I knocked it down to, I think, five and then ultimately to four. And my theory is that any less than four and you don't get the exponential benefit of multiple perspectives. Um, you know, three is better than two and four is better than three, but four seems like the ideal number because any more than that, and they tend to clam up and feel like they're on stage. So it's sort of a sociological answer to the, to the question. They, creativity requires liberation and it requires that people feel free and uh, free to post a stupid idea, frankly, yeah. you know, because how many times has a stupid idea turned into a great one? And so it's really important that those come out in order for the, you know, again, that magic of the, the engagement between them to happen. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, it's interesting because, and I think that's a good idea too. And even if it's not for ego, but you naturally have, cause I've been in groups, you know, mastermind groups. And when you get up to like 30, 40 people, sometimes the smartest people in the room are just not, don't like to talk in front of more than a few people. Right. Oh, you're so right. You're, that's exactly what I say in almost every interview is exactly what you just said. You've got the, the loud person who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but isn't. You've got the introvert in the corner who isn't saying anything, but probably is the smartest person in the room. You've, and, and you've got other weird human dynamics that get in the way unconsciously of creativity. 
like gender bias, uh, mm -hmm. racial bias, sexual preference bias, um, office politics, posturing going on in the room. All this stuff is the antithesis uh, to, um, uh, to creativity. In fact, one of my female experts once told me she loves the platform because she loves that they're reduced to a typeface. Love I thought it. that was interesting because she's a woman and she liked the fact that it was all about ideas. Nothing else can get in the way. Uh, there's, there's no other human weird dynamics yeah. kind of uh, getting in the way of creativity. It's so important. And also, because what I'm excited about too with this is you also get into, like you said, you get a bias towards one person's idea or one person. You're like, oh, I like that person. And the other person might not have, have the best idea in the world. And you just don't like them because... You just don't like the shoes they wear, right? <laughs> it's true. All that stuff is real. That oh, yeah. really and there's another issue with, you know, the quote brainstorm. And that is that you've got a gun to your head. You've got one hour to come up with ideas. Creativity doesn't work that way. Creativity mm -hmm. happens when it damn well pleases. And so if you can infect a team with a really inspiring brief and then let them live life, then idea cycle happens in the in-between times of the day when they're inspired, they could be in aisle six at a grocery store, CNN cap, that's like, oh my gosh, what if we did something like that? And they can pull out their phone and post the idea. The rest of the team gets pinged and they jump in and make it even better. I love it. I mean, yeah, because I mean, our best ideas don't happen when we're trying to come up with our best ideas, right? They're, they're mulling. That's why I always, you know, when we work on client stuff, I'm like, listen, I, I can look at this stuff now. I'm going to let it sit in my brain because it's going to do all sorts of stuff that you know your subconscious does that you can consciously try and come up with ideas but it's just not going to come out right and uh you know you're out for a walk and all of a sudden you have the best idea ever and you know steve jobs was famous for that we go for hour long two hour three hour long walks with people to clear his head and get the ideas well it's um, more than that. there's actually a scientific study that proves that walking just the act of walking increases creativity by 40 percent and they isolated all the variables of movement of uh, and what, what's going on, I think, is that your working memory, which is helps you focus. That's really great for taxes and assembling Ikea furniture, but it's terrible for ide ideas because what you want are irrelevant ideas colliding in your head. Mm -hmm. And if you're focusing too much, you're, you're weeding, you're editing those out. And yep. so the simple act of walking or washing your hair or gardening or washing the dishes basically gives your working memory something to do so that it won't get in the way of your thinking. And your, your, your thinking is much more liberated. So I'm not surprised Steve Jobs was into that because it actually does increase creativity. Oh, it's fantastic. I never heard those stats, which is really, really cool. And this is cool because also, I mean, I think there's this fallacy that there's this one person, like when we talk about Steve Jobs, that he was the one person that comes up with all the ideas and he wasn't, right? And, and he, I mean, he took credit for a lot of the ideas, but it was a lot of other people working with him. And I think probably most of the best ideas happen that way, don't they? Within groups oh, of people. Absolutely. No, you're, you're dead on. I think it was Stephen Johnson who wrote a fantastic book about ideas who um, dispelled the myth of the lone genius. Mm -hmm. And he talked about Edison and Einstein yeah, and that's how what I was thinking about. what's that? I was so, exactly what I thought of was Edison. Everyone thinks of Edison too, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and maybe uh, Nikola Tesla might be the exception. He seemed to work by himself, but the others all had teams around them and all had competitors that were batting uh, information back and forth. So 
um, while it's nice to celebrate them and they truly were geniuses, it, it, they weren't alone. Yeah, no, they weren't. And I think a lot of people think that they have to come up with ideas on their own or that their ideas are the best. And, you know, it's interesting because we do some idea generation in, in our agency, like as we're advancing the video case stories, we're always trying to make them better. And, you know, I actually do like we lead it by, okay, this week is stupid idea week. You have to come up with the <laughs> stupidest idea possible. And so it takes away all of that. Oh, I've got to come up with the best idea. It's like, who can come up with the stupidest idea? But like you said, from that stupid idea comes the best idea possible. Oh, it's so true. That is such a great method, Ian. In fact, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Tom Monahan, but he used to run Leonard Monahan out of Providence, Rhode Island. Great creative visionary. And he used to do this exercise, which is called 180 degree thinking, which is pretty much what you just described, which is come up with the wrong ideas first. Come up mm -hmm. with all the ideas that are wrong, like overtly wrong because in those might be code for the right ideas. You know yeah. what I mean? I love it. And it's, you know, it's so exciting because it seems so, what you're talking about seems so simple, but so important. You have some advertising use cases, but before we get into that, what are some of the use cases that you've seen outside of advertising and marketing? For IdeaCycle X? Yeah. Well, right now it's purely focused on advertising. So I'm afraid they're all um, advertising use cases. However, there's no reason why this couldn't be used by Hollywood, by engineering, uh, science um, labs could be using this to, to hammer out solutions to things. Of course, they might not want to tap into my advertising creatives. They might want to have their own people uh, that they, they think are brilliant that know the, the subject matter. But that's the plan in the future is to get into other verticals right now, just focusing on advertising. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm like, that's my problem. I was like, I've got 8,000 use cases for this. I'm going to go use this to do this and this and this and this. I'm going to figure out how to talk to my son better with five people. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's like creativity and ideas. It's applicable to literally anything. Yeah. Because every business in the world needs ideas at some point um, or else they'll, they'll die, whether that's yep. marketing ideas, product development ideas, um, or who knows what, or even just reacting. How do we react to a competitive threat? You know, what are we going to do? You need ideas. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And yeah, yeah. Thinking outside the box, which is super cool. So inside the advertising world, tell me a little about some of the best use cases that you've seen. How, what are some of the best ideas or most fun ideas that you've seen come out of this? Yeah, I, I can't share the actual ideas, um, gotcha. but I can tell you the, the structure of the assignments, which were kind of fun. A couple of them come to mind. One, we worked with an advertising agency who was pitching a, a fun park, basically. Mm -hmm. And they had a meeting in a couple of weeks. They needed a bunch of ideas and they used us uh, actually two rounds of ideas to fortify their teams, to basically inspire their teams to come up with even better ideas. It turns out um, of the, I think we presented ultimately about 24 different ideas. And this is using our proxy product where we represent the customer and do the whole IdeaCycle X for them. It costs a lot more, but you get a nice uh, packaged presentation at the end, as opposed to, you know, all the raw ideas that, that you need to then go through. So that was really fun. And one of our ideas made it into the presentation, I think is going to get executed. So that, that'll be very exciting. Very Another cool. was with a billiard supply company who, uh, in, in fact, it was with a venture cap company who just took over a billiard supply company. And what they needed to do was rebrand this company um, so that it was, you know, a little bit more relevant of the times. 
And so that was the brief. I mean, working on a billiards brand is really, really fun. All of a sudden you start seeing pool balls all over the place. It's the weirdest thing. But um, <laughs> once you get inspired with a brief, you see ideas everywhere. Yeah. But the, um, uh, but the assignment was basically to come up with a tagline that represented a brand idea for the brand that could then be the boss of the entire marketing program, the boss of the website, you know, inspire what the website's going to look like, inspire what the marketing will be. And so we came up with, I think we only did one round in that case, and we came back with 10 or 12 different taglines, presented them. They narrowed it down to three, had a real tough time figuring out which one to go with. Um, they went with one, which was a little bit riskier than the others. And then they hedged and went with one was a little bit safer, but still great. And uh, now they're developing that um, into website materials, all their marketing stuff, their products, um, et cetera. So a very satisfying assignment. Very cool. Very, very cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun and it must be fun just to see all the ideas coming through. Oh my God. That's my, my favorite thing. I mean, I was an account guy in advertising and I loved, I would get literally get the chills when I saw a great idea or I had yeah. a great idea. It's visceral for me. And to me, um, creativity is the highest act of human existence. Um, it's almost like a spiritual thing. Like we're, we're tapping into a, a different dimension when a new idea is born in someone. So for me, it's visceral. So yeah, you're totally right. When, when I start seeing all these ideas coming out and our customers are saying the same thing. They're like, we can't believe. Uh, in fact, one customer said, I get more ideas in a day than I would get in a week using our traditional process. That's how prolific uh, this can be. So imagine having all those ideas um, to react to and respond to. And the customer can even engage with the team as they're coming up with them. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that's sort of uh, new in that you don't brief a, a freelance team and they go off for four days and you have no idea what they're doing. You can actually see the ideas as they're getting posted and you can course correct them if you think they're going off track in real time and, and make sure that you know everybody's going the right direction. I kind of wandered there, but there you no, go. No, no, I love it because me, what comes to mind is like, you know, comedy writing and, you know, I'm doing a lot around that and we're doing a lot of funny stuff these days. And it's always like the, you know, people might be getting overwhelmed, like, oh, I don't need a lot of ideas. But it's like usually what the 30th or 40th or 50th idea is really the gold, isn't it? Yeah, it's so true. It's funny in the beginning, um, the team is just kind of, getting married to the assignment you know mm -hmm. and they're starting to post ideas initial thoughts and again bad ideas lead to good ideas and so those initial ideas are super important but you're right once they really sink their teeth in after a day or two that's when the real big ideas and less expected uh, stuff starts to come out nice nice so you know i, I want to get into your your marketing story because you got an interesting one but so it, if someone wants to test it out and use it. Uh, tell me a little bit about how it works. How, how do you use the software? Yeah, no, good question. We have a free trial. So you can try a project uh, with a free subscription for 30 days. If you choose to hire freelancers, you'll have to pay them, but you won't have to pay us for the subscription. But the way it works is you, you set up an account, you put your credit card in, and then you open up a new job. You put in the job vitals uh, for the job, the title, the timing that you're anticipating, and then just a little blurb about what the assignment is so that the team, when they get the invitation, they can read that and decide whether or not they, they feel like they're right for the assignment. You can then upload brief materials. And what we recommend is just a PDF 
single page that just outlines the assignment from top to bottom. You know, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Who are you trying to target? What are you trying to say? Are there any support points? Things like that. And then a, a video just like this, nothing fancy, a headshot video that explains the brief from top to bottom. And you, you upload those and then you invite the freelancers and you might invite a couple of, of my ideasical experts who I've handpicked and vetted. Um, or you might wanna just have your employees working on it and have people from different departments who again, will come at it from a different perspective, each will um, working on the assignment. But whoever you choose, you can do that right on the platform the invitations automatically go out and then the people can either accept or reject the job for whatever reason. It might not be enough money. It might not be the right timing or whatever the reason. So you over invite, you might invite eight to get the four. And then you launch, you select your final team of four and you launch the job. And the we call it the idea stream because it's like, it's like a blog. Whenever a, an idea is posted, it's like the newest post at the top of the blog. And then you can go in and, and build and riff on those ideas uh, as the, the process goes. Once the job is over, you can then pay the any paid freelancers right from the platform. They all have, we use Stripe as a third-party financial uh, backbone. And uh, so they all have Stripe accounts and you can just use your credit card and pay them right on the, on the platform and you're done. Very cool. That is awesome. Really excited to see you grow this and launch this. We'll put the... Uh, the link to Ideasicle, I, I got, I pronounced it right. I don't know why I keep like wanting to pronounce it the wrong way. Uh, but <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes and down below, but well, you know, you've been in advertising for a long time. Tell me a little about, uh, you were talking about a story with, uh, you know, some big accounts, big name accounts from back in the day. Yeah. So this is a good one. Hopefully it's inspiring to, to some to, uh, to when you think you have no chance to just do it anyway, cause you might. So I was at, at Arnold Worldwide. I was the director of business development at the time, and I was reading Ad Week, which is our, our rag in the industry. And it was saying that Radio Shack went up for review, you know, so they're looking for an agency and they selected 20 agencies already to be in the pitch. We didn't get invited. And we happened to have uh, quite a pedigree at the time for dusting off old brands like um, Volkswagen or Royal Caribbean or a couple of others. Um, and I'm like, why the hell didn't they invite us? This is just wrong. We should totally be in this pitch. And I, I, in the article, it said who the um, pitch consultant was, who was running the pitch. And I'm like, I'm going to write her a letter. And so I did a little research that afternoon, and I just looked at some of their recent advertising. And it was, this is back when they were doing, you've got questions, we've got answers. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, that was their tagline. There oh, yeah. was a, a TV spot on YouTube for a Rugrats wall clock that ended with, you've got questions, we've got answers. And I'm like, nobody has any questions about a Rugrats wall clock. I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a huge disconnect there. And it seemed to me that they were trying to behave like a big box retailer when they weren't. So yeah. why were they doing that? Why, why not just be small and boutique and be proud of that? And so I wrote this letter that just stung him right between the eyes um, with, with all with these kinds. Of, I mean, it was nice. It was polite. I'm, I'm making light of it a teeny bit, but it was still right between the eyes and, and slightly harshly written. Um, and apparently what I'm told is that after they went through all the RFPs of the 20 who were formally invited, they had a stack this high of letters from you know jerks like me who are trying to wedge into the pitch. And mine was right on top somehow. So the, the, 
the serendipity here is terrific. And the cosmos was certainly working to, to help. So it was right on top. They read the letter. They looked at each other like, did he read our brief? Like, did, how does he? And so they were super impressed. And then they ended up reading all of the other letters. None of them apparently were quite as um, clear as, as the one that I had put together. And we got invited into the pitch. And what's cool is, so we were the 21st agency out of, uh, you know, because there were already 20. And because we got in this way, we had permission to be scrappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were normally a pretty traditional agency. We played down the middle of the fairway, blah, blah, blah. But because we got in in this way, we were pirates. And we could now behave in a way that was consistent with the letter and not necessarily consistent with the agency. And, and, and that's because that's what they wanted. They, they brought us in because of a letter. So let's be the letter for the next uh, month and a half as we pitch this business. And so that's what we did. And we ended up winning the business. That's and it was awesome. a $250 million piece of business at the time, the largest win in New, in, uh, New England history. And uh, I, I was quite proud of that. And to me, the, I mean, the lesson there is, you know, if you think you're right for a piece of business, go for it, you know, give uh -huh. it a shot. What do you have to lose? I mean, we weren't any, if, if they rejected my letter, we weren't any uh, less in the pitch. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, there was absolutely nothing to lose by trying. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and like, I'm interested too, what, what, what was the creative output after that? What, what kind of campaigns did you all generate? We did, I don't know if you remember, this was not in the pitch itself. It, it, it evolved after the pitch yeah. was over and after we won. But do you remember the red chair campaign where people would sit in the red chair and say, and, and talk to somebody about, it was a holiday campaign. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would say, I've got to, you know, uh, mom, I really want this, uh, this amplifier for blah, blah, blah. And, and they're really funny. We would get comedians um, in New York City to you know, act as regular people. And they would, we would just tell them, okay, you are a Hispanic guy who wants one of these cars, <laughs> and you're asking your parents, go. And we have a script in case we needed it, but they would just go nuts. And usually we would use their, their takes. Uh, but anyway, that was the, the, the campaign that came out of it. We had another one that they just couldn't operationalize. It was just too big. It was, uh, I guess I can say it now, but it was only the right stuff. Uh, and that was to, you know, really embrace the fact that you're a small footprint out in the neighborhoods and not a big box retailer that has everything and it's overwhelming. You know, don't don't do that. Be only the right stuff. Be the editor of, of uh, uh, consumer electronics. Love it. Love it. That's so cool. Well, that was a fun story. Awesome. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, we go to Ideasicle X and we'll put the um, link in the show notes. If you're on YouTube, the link will be down below. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Will, what's the best way to talk to you directly? They can uh, hit me up on Twitter, Will O. Burns, or they can email me at willb at ideasiclex.com. Awesome. Yes, we'll definitely all follow you on Twitter and tweet right at you about some ideas. I'm interested to see some more ideas that come out of here as you all evolve. Um, love to have you back as things grow, as I'm sure they will. Uh, but Will, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate it. It was fun. It was fun. And thanks for taking Will and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads better leads that close faster and spend more with you.
And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 